Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and this is episode 83, and we're going to end this year off in style with our season four finale. We'll be reflecting on the conversations we've had this past year and the different series we've been doing, and also talking a little bit about what's happening in the future. Let's do this. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you guys so much once again for joining us on this conversation. The Fantastic Four is here. We have Bernard, Xenia, Shu, and myself. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Just wondering which of the Fantastic Four I am. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Flame <really>. on. <laughs> oh, you claim human torch already. Uh, it all works out. It all works out. Man, this has been quite the crazy year. It's been... A year where we were hoping that, you know, if things opened up, we could be recording back in person. But we're thankful that we have technology and we can continue this conversation going over Zoom and record with many different guests across the country. And that's been a total gift for us. And so we're going to take a time just to reflect a little bit on our podcast over this past year. But we're going to start with a little bit of reflection personally. What's been happening in our lives? What are some of the updates? What's happening in ministry? And then we're going to jump right in. So right before we started recording this episode, there was some big news from the professor herself, Xenia, about her church. And so that was really exciting to hear about. So Xenia, why don't you start us off? Thanks, John. Yeah, so my church is officially a free Methodist church plant. And it's kind of crazy because we weren't expecting to be this far into the process already. Yeah, we'll be applying for some. CRA status in the future, uh, which is also really exciting, but also kind of a little bit nerve wracking because, you know, others who have had trouble with it. So mm. we're just really praying that God makes things smooth the way that things have been smooth, but it's okay if it's not. That's part of the process too. And then on the other front, I actually just finished my coursework, which is Ooh. less of a big deal because I still have two language exams. But once those are done, then I hit the comprehensive exams. So lots to celebrate. I, I just feel like this year has been really full from school to church to some of the other projects that I've got going on. It's just been a joy, really. Even this podcast, I feel like we've covered so many big things this year. But before we jump into the podcast, I'm going to backtrack and I'm going to say, hey, Burn, you're next. Boom. <laughs> oh, man. As I kind of look back this past year, there's just a lot that's been going on, like learning to juggle many things. And it was great having the kids back at school. I think they really needed it. I think it was a, a much harder adjustment than we had thought, but they enjoyed it. And we'll see what happens in the new year. We don't know. This season has not been easy in many ways. I've shared with some people that like, as I kind of inch toward the 40s, one of the things is trying to figure out my own health. And this year has been a lot of discovery of like, oh, like... I'm not invincible anymore and I can't eat fried chicken every day, uh, which I don't, but it's like, <laughs> now I may not even eat fried chicken anymore. So there's just like a lot of learning, a lot of humility, uh, a lot of recognizing, you know, like our, how do we tend to our physical body and our temple that God has given us the temple of the Holy spirit. And 
And uh, yeah, I look forward to the new year. I think there's uh, a lot of new things. John and I have an announcement too. Well, maybe we'll just do it right now because people listening, John and I are starting our doctorate at Northern Seminary, influenced by Shu. We're actually taking the same program with a different name. I think it was like missional leadership was what it was before. And then now we're in the contextual theology stream. So excited to learn. So we'll see how it goes. Woo! Shu, you're next. I don't know. This has definitely been just super up and down year kind of thing. And, you know, because of COVID, it was like, you know, you're about to get things going and then you got to pull back. And then uh, I'm on the, the central team at my church. So there's just like a lot of different meetings I have to sit in, various things to like, you know, think through. Like, and then also just, you know, Honestly, something that's been on my mind has been why in so many, you know, Chinese churches, but also I just, I know in Asian churches, so many pastors have left. They've either been burnt out or they've, you know, wanted to change a new position, wanting to see something new. Maybe it is a time to start something new. But yeah, it was just so, yeah, there's so much transition happening at the same time during this pandemic. So yeah, just interested to see where God's moving and and what's happening next. But yeah, I'm not a futurist like some people in this room. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, some of those things are on my mind. And I, like Bernard's saying, some of it has been like uh, trying to keep my health in a better shape. I think I haven't read a lot uh, lately. I've only read a few things a lot. <laughs> and I just, I need to read a bit more. And yeah, I think that's that's what's been up with me. No, thank you guys so much for sharing all that. It's definitely been a kind of crazy year. I think for me reflecting personally and in ministry over this past year, there's been a lot to learn, lots that has been revealed. And what does it mean to be a church in this age and going through these circumstances has definitely brought out a lot especially when it comes to what we talk about on this podcast about being a Canadian Asian church, being a church on mission, followers of Christ on mission, what has that meant? And I think that has posed the questions for us to really consider. What has it revealed in the way we reacted and responded to things? So for me personally, I think I've been asking myself a lot of these questions, seeing if there's space open at church to be talking through these things, because things are changing so rapidly. To be honest, if you asked me at the start of 2021 what this year would look like, I would probably have predicted, oh yeah, you know what? We're going to see the end of coronavirus and Bernard and I would have started school much earlier (laughs) because our cohort was meant to start this year and it got delayed until next year. I was looking forward to going back to a sense of not being at such a heightened alertness and having this anxiety and stress continue just to wear us down. And it's been interesting reading through a lot of the prophets, both major and minor prophets over this year, just slowly soaking them in and recognizing the importance of lament and grieving, being okay just to admit that, hey, you know what? I'm worn down. <laughs> That's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's important to be able to bring these things to the Lord and see how he is meeting with us in those spaces and not just feeling that, okay, we just got to pull up our pants and just get going and keep it, keep the machine running. But, you know, in this 
very unique season of life, how do we engage as the church? And how does Canadian Asian church respond? And, and what does it reveal about the Canadian Asian church? But what are some of the great things that the Canadian Asian church is primed to do as well? So there's a lot of questions I think been on my mind, and especially as we jump into 2022, that these things are ongoing and we'll see where things go. I feel like I have been resigned just to be not expecting anything because I don't know what it could be like. Could it be better? Could it be worse? But it's all right. And I'm, I'm thankful also for you know this conversation as, as camp to be able to continue having these deep discussions and hearing from others, learning from others, learning from one another, and learning from you guys as our listeners, how we continue to navigate and engage during this time. Yeah, there's been a lot to think about, for sure. Family-wise, I think I'm in the same boat with Bernard and Shu having our kids back in school. And that's been an adjustment because that just happened in the fall. But now we are seeing the writing on the wall, perhaps, the warning signs that that could all change in the winter. So we're almost bracing for to be reverting back to a rhythm where it, it was very, of course, it was just a, a challenging time to be at home balancing everything. But you know what? By the Lord's grace, and we can attest to the Lord's great goodness and faithfulness that he's kept us going and he's kept our podcast going, which is pretty amazing. I think that's been pretty cool to see too. And so let's segue over to talk a little bit about our podcast over this last year. This year, we did something very different. We tackled three bigger topics and we spent time to let them breathe. We asked a lot more people to chime in in terms of their perspectives, their experiences, their stories. And there was a lot to be processing and wrestling through. And so we're going to take a little bit of time to kind of go over these three big series. And of course, we had a couple of guests in between. We had Justin come on for a couple of episodes, and then we had Rise and Dew from Out West also sharing a little bit about their ministry. And so over this past year, looking at the big series of our podcast, we had, starting off at the start of the year, we had our Nuns and Duns series, a series that we actually were hoping to do for a long time. And we were so glad that we got that started at the start of this year. We had our Women Leadership one that we just are about to wrap up when you'll hear some more of those wrap-up episodes as we head into the new year. And in the middle, we had our Anti-Asian Violence episodes, and those ones had the most responses. Those had a lot of people sharing their perspectives on it too. And so yeah, three big series. Maybe we'll talk first about the Nuns and Done series. What was some of the takeaways from you guys from going through that series, from listening to people that were identifying themselves as you know having stepped away from the church or have no religious affiliation? What was some of your initial thoughts and over this year? How have you thought back on those episodes? I think starting the year in the Nuns and Duns and then being able to finally get the series off the ground was such a gift. I don't know. I think for me, when I think about the Nuns and Duns series, like it's it's so personal. Probably one of the series or or like even as we have been doing this for four years, like one of the more emotionally tasked series that we've done. And then hearing and then you know being able to tend to the stories that people are offering and willing to be vulnerable. I think it's it's been so 
raw and honest. And I think like my hope is that as the listener, that it, it does even evoke a change in an openness and, and a recognition, you know, of, of the importance of how people are processing and experiencing their faith journey and perhaps even like scaling back and begin to, to understand the, the things that have shaped people's experience. And of course, like, you know, the, the one that, you know, almost made me cry was when we had Helen's uh, recording on, I think that one really hits home personally, especially, you know, being a friend of Helen's, like, I think that was, uh, was a hard hitting one. Just thinking about the the nuns and duns series, for me, it was very interesting to hear people's stories and to hear just how unique each story is. And then at times, you know, when we, of course, I think when people try to research this, research, you know, deconstruction or research, all, all these things kind of things, it's like they want to put certain categories to make things fit. But to hear from a lot of people's stories was was really interesting. And and how, you know, in, in the Asian church, in the immigrant churches, how, you know, a lot of things for me comes back to that, you know, almost centered set, bounded set conversation that, that we, we've been having numerous times and hearing, you know, are, are people just stuck in a certain place that they're like, no, this is just how it is. And or is it like you're just bounded to that. Or is it like, no, there's just something around that you're gathered around? Is there something else that you center yourselves around? And I, I find that that's the difficulty within that conversation that some people just don't feel able. And then once they're like, I'm either just going to react or react hard and, and forcefully. So I feel even worse about it, you know, like, but can the church be a place to journey with others and, and walk with others? And, you know, in the Asian Canadian church, I, I hope that we can keep hearing stories that we can model that even if to be honest we may not come to the same conclusions and it might but it'd be a place at least we journey for this season and you know my my hope is with that and yeah i was just thinking about that in terms of that series yeah i'll add my two cents to that series i think it was really eye-opening in some ways and hard in other ways i think it was such a good reminder to hold stories loosely to say, I don't have the sort of narrative predetermined that God is always actively at work. I've also been thinking a little bit about even how much pressure sometimes we put on ourselves to sort of say like, oh no, I got to know everything in order to be, you know, witness or to say like, I got to know everything. I have to have my ducks all in order so that I can go and figure this out and be Jesus to people. But that's not how that goes. And you hear it in those stories, right? Like you're hearing the, mm. the little mustard seeds, you're hearing like the things starting to sprout here and there. There's not a linear path to people's journey. And I'm especially reminded of this, well, because one, my congregation happens to be full of a lot of nuns and duns, but also because we put on a blue Christmas service and uh, some other ministers in Richmond Hill. And we've been receiving feedback from people who have not been to church for a long time, either because of illness or because they were burned by the church or whatever it is. But our congregations have been sending out the link to everybody. And we've been getting these emails that have been saying like, oh man, I was just so reminded that you know God is out there and we just have to remember that God is present to remember that God is good. And I thought, whoa, this is, this is a really interesting email coming from someone who had disavowed the church when they were younger. So I think 
one of the things that this series reminds me of is we don't know the end of the story. Heck, I don't even know if we know the middle of the story even, but to know that Jesus knows it and yeah, what she was saying, we just, we just get the journey with people in, in the process and be attentive to what the spirit is doing. It's just, you know, thinking about what you said, Senior, and how like we are currently in the pandemic and I even forgot like what wave we were in. We're just in a lot of waves, right? Um, <laughs> We're in the tidal wave. That's all. We're yeah, in. man. Like it's just like <laughs> I think this is the big tidal wave, man. Yeah. But just like I just wonder if this is a, a very unique season in our history and in this cultural moment where us, the church, you know, reflects and begin to live out. If it would offer a different narrative, because I think. In a time of crises, such as what we are experiencing right now, I do think that there is some openness. There is curiosity. There is like this need for something more. Like, I know a lot of people don't think so, but I, I don't know. I, I do believe that this might be that unique cultural moment where not like, oh, let's kind of advance the church, you know, uh, and bring Christ back to Christmas. But I, I do think that there is a there's a hopefulness and there's like, you know, this subversive joy in the Christian narrative that we offer in a time that is like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know. Like, I just don't know anything right now. No, that's really good. I am feeling a lot of the same things. Reflecting back on that series, too, I was just so grateful for people to share their stories in the midst of it to hear the longings, the hopes that they were looking for something, that was so encouraging. I feel like sometimes when we engage in the conversations around nuns and duns, it's easy to broad stroke and just say like, okay, so-and-so was angry at the church because they did this, or they were hurt by the church that did this. And of course, we can't dismiss those things because we need to identify and repent and turn away from those things absolutely as the church. But there was a lot more nuance and complexity to those stories. And I really appreciated the willingness for different people to come on our podcast, people that we had known, and just share that journey with us. And to see that perhaps in those longings that there was something that perhaps God was nudging them at. And perhaps one day, as the senior is kind of saying that, you know, because we don't know the end or the middle of the story, that, that we trust God with that and we trust how he moves in a person's life. And yeah, I, I, I think it was another reminder of going through that series once again that when people feel that they need to have all the answers in order to evangelize or to share the gospel or to be Christ to someone, that series in particular reminded me how each person was unique in their own stories. There's never going to be a time where we'll have all the answers for everyone's questions and for every person's stories. And I don't think that's the point. I think that the point is to walk alongside them and to see what God is doing and, and to see as those hopes and longings come out, especially as some that tried really hard and wanted to be the part of the church. But at one point, they just felt that after many seasons of trying that they had to take a step away. Is there grace for that? And is there a ways that we can be able to continue to see us as the church form to love and walk alongside and continue to see how God continues to break through. I, I appreciated that series very much. One of the things that I heard from 
some of our listeners in their responses was just that, wow, there can be safe places for us to just share. And it's not with an agenda. It's not to try to force a conversion or anything like that. But rather, it's just, let's talk. Let's just hear each other's stories. And let's see where it goes from there. And I, I thought that was you know, a beautiful way to start off this year and gave us a lot of questions to kind of continue to wrestle through, especially as a church. So that was a big series. Invite people to go back, listen to that. Man, still a lot. And it may be around too at some point. Oh man, we should do it. Invite them all back. That'd be awesome. So moving on to our next series that we had was the one on anti-Asian violence. It was a series that we'd been thinking about because, of course, what had been happening uh, in our country and uh, in other countries around the world, we felt that, you know, it was important to talk about it. But it was also the series that we had that had the most reaction to. And a lot of people responding in many different ways and seeing it from many different perspectives. I appreciated that, that you guys as our listeners were willing to share what you guys thought about that. And so, you know, Bernard, Xenia, Shu, as you guys thought back on that series, what did you guys feel looking back? What were your reflections? I loved how the first two episodes was just Bernard, Shu, and myself. And then we did a follow-up episode with Xenia reacting to what we said. And then we did another follow-up to being, what did the listeners say? What did they say in response to what we said? And it was fascinating. I think that's why opening up that conversation in a, in a much needed time, and it was very timely, you know, was, was, was very fascinating to kind of see. So thinking back on that series, there was a lot to really digest. And I think for me in particular, it painted a different picture of how we encounter God and how God grieves in situations of violence how is he present in those moments where we're responding to situations like that? And of course, what does he desire for justice and reconciliation in the world? From the first couple episodes where it was just a few of us talking, we did talk about lamenting a missing narrative. Is there stories that aren't being shared? Is there underlying factors that don't often get brought up that actually lead us to experiencing anti-Asian violence and to be seeing it in our cities and our neighborhoods and in the world. One thing that will always stick with me when Xenia was talking about how God is brokenhearted over these things. In conversations throughout the year talking about that, I think that has helped me. Like Xenia, you taught me, that's why you're the professor. You taught me how to be aware of how God interacts with us in that way. And it was so helpful for conversations because it slowed things down to really just see how God's heart was broken over these things. And so that series in particular brought out a lot of things, even in examining my own history and the small ways that I had experienced things and then leading to perhaps if those things are never kind of addressed, maybe they spiral and build into bigger things that lead to a time where it's easy just to blame a pandemic on a nation, right? How did we get to that point and where do we go from there? I also wonder, you know, like we kind of did that mini series reactionary to kind of what was happening. But I think what also, you know, as I think about it now, like how much more of the injustices are happening all around us. And this is like one narrative of 
probably an incredible amount of different narratives that are experiencing different forms of injustice, right? And like I think about how sometimes we we kind of narrow our mindset because we experience a particular narrative that's dear to our heart, but miss out on kind of the larger injustices. A plug of my mom's book, you know, she just published a book focusing on people with autism, right? And people with disabilities and how this community that has been marginalized, especially in the church and not only in the church, but and this is not like a critique or anything, but just like, just thinking about like, like the larger narrative and the many intersections and how like, you know, going, going back to even, you know, our nuns and Duns series, all of these are like, there's so many stories that we need to be aware of and be attuned to. And we're being challenged and disrupt our own narratives because there are so many narratives out there. And so, I don't know, this is kind of one of the things that, you know, came to mind as we were kind of reflecting on this. And I do think it's, it is an important conversation piece, especially in that moment in history, but it doesn't end there. I think that's, that's kind of where, where I hope that the conversation will continue. Yeah, I hope that too. I had a conversation with someone the other day and they said, how do you have space for all of that, right? Like, it's so hard to pay attention to all the things and it's, and then you got to pay attention to your own stuff, right? You know, I wonder if it has something to do with the way that we orient our lives. I think about the ways in which my life kind of zeroes in or, or closes in when things get hard. But what does it mean to believe in a God of abundance who can open up that scope? And so that's what I've been leaning towards. Like I personally had some hard news come in in the last little while and, and it all just kind of collapsed in on itself. And then, and then I started feeling resentful. But then as I was journaling it out and talking with the Lord, I was like, wait a second, my piece of the story isn't the only piece of the story, as Byrne was saying. My piece of the story is part of a larger story. Like my life is interwoven with other people's lives. And so when things get hard for one of us, it's actually hard for all of us. And I happened to stumble upon a poem, and it's, it's called An Appendix to a Vision of Peace by a poet whose last name is Amakai, and it's in Hebrew. But a rough translation goes something like this, like, don't just stop beating your swords into plowshares. Like, don't, don't stop until you've made musical instruments so that in order for them to be turned back into tools of war, they have to make they have to make them plowshares first or something to that effect. And I thought, wow, like that's a, such a profound poem. I mean, sure, you can just take the musical instruments and beat them into swords from the get-go, but to, to take them and reverse the process, you have to remember what you went through to begin with. And so I was thinking, we say all the time that justice is hard, that peace is hard, that joy is hard, that hope is hard, but let's not make injustice easy. Let's actually make injustice hard, you know? What would it take for us to not take that as a status quo anymore? So I'd love to see us do like a series highlighting other people's narratives. Maybe you can start with your mom in, in the new year, Burn, Or, you know, we've got some First Nations friends who we can invite to, to talk about their experience in Canada. Things like that, you know? So lots of things that we can always learn more about. I think that'll be fun. And I even think about like, when you were talking about that, like 
the the TED talk, the very famous TED talk. That's like the danger of a single story, and how like it it really is true. Because then that begins to frame everything you understand to be that narrative, right? And so, yeah, it might be a fun one. Yeah. So I just watched Just Mercy the other day, and man. To watch that, you know, in the kind of, you know, I think things are cooling down a little bit, but to see how that just happened, you know, the the wrongful conviction of of a black man for murder and to go to death row and to be executed, you know, and to see a lawyer who had to, you know, do a lot of digging to try to, you know, bring out what was unjust in that that way. Yeah, I'm just reflecting on what you, what Xenia, you, you and Bernard are saying. Like, for sure, I think at times when we think about the anti-Asian sentiment that was happening, the things go back to us a lot because we do care about that. But then you also see just how much, you know, other ethnicity, other other groups have gone, have put been put in such unjust places in history over and over and over, even to, and it's still happening today. And what is the church's involvement in that? How do we be a part of that? And how do we not just say we got to do everything or our particular local church does everything? And I think that's the hard thing to, to manage too, because you have people bringing in different expectations and, and different, you know, oh, why don't you address this? Why don't you address this? So I think it, it is definitely something we always have to discern, but are we willing to be open to talk about it? Are we willing to, to recognize the injustice that's happening at hand, but also, you know, sometimes where our focus lies? Because I think part of what I like what Fitch does you know, it always makes me think is just like, well, how have we just c- continue to make these things the antagonistic thing? Like just make, create the camps. And then it's just like, oh, well, now my thing's the most important and you guys are all this or whatever. But the church and I think God's kingdom has to be this peacemaking, peace building kingdom. And it, it, it will start with good news, start with Christ as Lord uh, or else, you know, we try to fix things in, in other fashions. It'll, it can get a little arrive but yeah yeah watching just mercy and it was pretty it's very emotional very emotional watching watching that movie and seeing what you know the black community has had to go, go through and it and i just realized that when i saw the dates on that i was like that, i was 11 years old when that happened that wasn't like 50 years ago and then now you know things are still happening today so definitely i think i agree with you guys like we we need to be open to having those conversations as part of the mission you know that this podcast is about but I just want to add to Shu's thing that Betty White is older than MLK would have been and older than Anne Frank would have been or if they were still alive today. So just in context, this is just the last century of last two centuries of what's been going on. Wow, that really puts it into perspective. <laughs> Lots to continue to listen to and dialogue over. Lots to be able to see what God is doing in those spaces and have our eyes open to the stories of others and the bigger stories as well. Leading into our last series, which is not finished yet, we're hoping to finish this sometime in this new year, Women in Leadership. And this was a series which we had a very great opportunity to talk to many women who are in leadership and in ministry to hear their experiences and to learn from them. We want to have more room to talk about this topic because it deserved it. And we needed to kind of unpack a lot of the nuances that were part of it. And so as you guys have been on this series and listening to the many guests that we've had 
and the dialogues that we've continued to have with our guests, what has been some of your takeaways? I think for me, I've been pondering this the past while because I actually preached on on some of this topic, you know, at my church. It's just interesting the the great divide that this still has, you know, in in our in our churches and and I think, you know, there is theological differences. There is, you know, so some people are just like, no, I just, why is it say the Bible this? And I, I want, I understand it to be this. I'm still so frustrated with this issue. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I also understand, you know, people have to be on this journey to, to, to work it out, to wrestle with it, that they're, they're understanding a scripture. And hopefully it's not just always like this. You know, and we and we interview Sarah Bessie, right? Jesus feminist, right? And and some people might be like, "Oh, it's just about feminism." You know, I'm like, "Well, do we always have to go there? Is it always just about critical race theory? Is it just always about this or that? Like, we just have to peg it into that way, versus having conversations to to actually figure out what do you actually believe here? And yes, your church might have a stance, your denomination might have a stance, and and whatnot, but. Are, are you doing the due diligence to check this out versus just, you know, alienating someone like I'm going to just put those people in that camp. But let's let's keep having these conversations about why this is important and even what are the root things in there that really matter. So, yeah, I don't know. The Women in Leadership series for me, it, it was great to hear from from a lot of the people that we interviewed. And it just kept making me think, you know, man, this is always feels so difficult to have these conversations in the church. Sorry. That's just my my vent. And it, it's still not easy. It's still not easy to have conversations with with people, you know, about this, both on leadership and in, you know, in the congregation. I think the initial thought is there was just so much to learn. And I'm just so thankful that, you know, we had the these space to to chat with and sit with like, you know, these giants of faith. That just like it it was just so good. Like I'm reflecting on this this topic is there's so much talk on it recently but my question is like well we can talk about it but if things don't change then it's just talk and i'm beginning to think deeper and systemically and institutionally like well what does that even begin to look like to model something different inform something different and to walk with people to like this journey of like yeah, we've done the talk, you know, as a denomination, right? Like, hopefully there aren't too many CMA people listening right now, but, you know, we voted <laughs> on it, right? Well, what does that actually look like, right? Voting is one thing, but actually living it out and then beginning to imagine and then like working through the reality, you know, of actually seeing, you know, what we talk about being lived out. And I think like that's, that's kind of where I'm kind of sitting with. I think it's not going to be a surprise to say that I love this series, in part because I'm a woman in ministry. So to hear other people's stories and to hear the similar resonances is kind of eerie, but also the, oh, right, this is just the sort of path that women traverse. And and I'm hopeful that won't be true in the future. I think being in my previous context, it wasn't that I was less called. I wasn't. but Constantly having to field questions about your calling can be invalidating and can be really hard. You know, when I when I became a free Methodist, it was kind of hilarious actually. I just never felt so welcome before. And 
my bar for what I thought was appropriate to say was no longer the right bar anymore because it was like, oh, I, this isn't something I need to be careful about. And I, I don't know how to express this, but I feel so much better as a minister for not having people question my calling or question my ability and to have my congregation full-heartedly say like, we affirm you, we want you to pursue ordination, we're supporting you all the way no hesitation has been wonderful. And I think that's just what men experience normally. Maybe, you know, to varying degrees, depending on character and things like that. And I'm not saying that those are unimportant. Character is very important. One of my favorite episodes this year was with my supervisor, Professor Marion Taylor. One, it was very funny because she just kept going and we're, I thought, are we going to get a question in? And I love her. So um, <laughs> I just thought, Wow. And then I thought, this is crazy. She's been in this for however many years now, and she's still talking about the same thing, but she's she's not given up. And I think that's what we should be looking at, not giving up, like keep going after this conversation, believing that God lifts up and empowers women for the sake of the church so that men and women can partner together as they were supposed to. So there's that, like for sure in FM, it's not perfect. We're facing the same sorts of things. There's a committee that's talking about how, you know, the the structure might be evened out a little bit better, but it's been, you know, it's been really gratifying to even hear that, that that's something that they're working towards. And I think you're right about earlier about it's just a lot of talk. Like, I think maybe what does it look like to actually take a risk and mentor a younger woman and say, I believe in you, step into this role, affirm her and, and just watch the spirit partner with both of you as you go or all of you as you go. Okay. So this is very strange because I'm usually not this optimistic, but this is what I'm sensing. Like these, the threads through all of these conversations has been like, what does it look like? How do we not get grabbed by despair? But what are the new opportunities that, that get launched out of this? Like, what is God doing in the mix? We know that good growth happens alongside with thorns. So how can we distinguish the good growth from the thorns? Like, how do we encourage the work that God is doing and trust that God will prune when it is time? Anyway, so I'm super excited about this. And also because I've been a little bit afraid that this conversation has been a little bit too Chinese centric. So it'll be really delightful when we get some other voices in the mix. It's okay to be optimistic. Come over to the light side. Come and bask in the light. Yes. You would yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I think this series in particular has been really humbling and eye-opening. It hasn't particularly changed in the way in which I have related to other pastors and ministry leaders who are women, but rather it's given me a sense that their journey may have been very different than mine and probably was very different than mine. That I don't think I've ever had my calling into ministry question just because I was a man. And I think that's kind of what hit me where I was like, well, you know what? I can treat everyone as equals and, and affirm everyone's calling and be fully affirming in that way. But I needed to hear these stories because I, you know, it helped me to realize that, okay, whether it's through scripture interpretation or whether it's just from other cultural influences, 
that women may have had their calling and their leadership ability questioned just because they were women. And that's something that I've not experienced just because I was a man. I probably got called out for other things, but, uh, you know, I think for me, it's, you know, that gave an extra dimension to this conversation. And it was really important, I think, for me to learn that because maybe I was a bit naive about that. Maybe I was living in a bit of a bubble, just being like, well, why, why can't we do this? But then there's this been history that has been a big part of it. There is this whole side of it where it's biblical interpretation that's been part of it. There's alt culture. And of course, as you know, Asians, there's that side of it too. So yeah, I think for me, the, the, you know, going through this series and learning that, okay, people had winding journeys along the way and they experienced these extra challenges solely because they were women. That was a missing piece for me. And I think it was really important to kind of listen to all the stories. I, I really appreciate what you guys shared because, you know, I felt the same way too. The stories really continue to push me further out of my perspective on that. And that was important. Man, I want to like interview some of our local, you know, female church pastors and see some of their stories on this. That's something that, you know, <laughs> we could extend this series to like, <laughs> we start a new podcast for that. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, not just pastors, right? Like, I think it's important to hear like, some people have shared with me that like for the corporate world, I think they treat women better than sometimes the church. And it's kind of like, well, is that, do we not realize that that's an issue? <laughs> you know? And I think like even just highlighting some of those stories are, I think key insights for what we're learning together. To kind of wrap up our episode for today, we're going to share a little bit about some of our thoughts and hopes for this podcast heading into season five. That is kind of crazy. Season five, we'll be heading into half a decade of having this conversation and to be sharing it. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and to hear about some of the topics that we'd love to talk about and what next year may look like. And so just off the bat, and you heard it a little bit earlier, Bernard and I are starting our doctors of ministries in the same cohort together. We're excited about that. Xenia is continuing her PhD and continuing to pastor. Well, we're all pastoring as well. Shu is doing so many things. I don't know how many of these things we can publicly share because they're just like, you know, secrets, but they're also really, really cool. Oh, this sounds so sketchy. I know. Not not in that way. (laughs) In in great ways. In like, you know, a treasured surprise. (laughs) You know, like a kinder surprise, you know? So So legal legal in Canada, illegal in the States. I get it. Oh, you went there. (laughs) You went there. Canadian Asian Missional Podcast. (laughs) We've talked about kinder eggs before on our podcast. I'm glad that came up again. That's great. So having so many things going on in our life, but we believe in this podcast and the conversation and we want to keep it going. We're heading toward 100. You know, we're in our mid 80s now, official episodes. And of course, bonus episodes would have put us past 100, but we're hoping to at least hit officially 100 episodes. And then maybe we'll see where it goes beyond that. With that being said, with so many things changing in our life and because we've probably been being down more than we'd care to admit by COVID, You know, we are going to continue to put out these episodes. It may not always be two episodes a month, but we're going to try to continue to keep this going and have this as an opportunity both for us to continue to wrestle with this, to learn from other guests as well, and to have dialogues between just the four of us 
and to have you guys be a part of the conversation as listeners as you guys respond and dialogue. And so let's talk a little bit about next year and where we're going to go and what are some of their hopes. And we just mentioned this earlier, we're going to wrap up our series of Women in Leadership. We're still planning some of the things out in terms of having more voices in for that conversation. So be on the lookout for more episodes of that as we wrap that up. That's been really great series for us. And we have a hope to kind of dialogue on a couple of other things as well. And so let me open it up and see what you guys think about some of the topics we want to maybe talk more about in the new year. Okay. So one of our episodes should maybe be a react to the Shang-Chi movie. We missed it, but oh, we should maybe do that. We next. need to get Jason Tripp on this because he is the one who talked to us about that too in that yes. uh, workshop that we did. JT, our man. Yes. I think having Jason would be a very interesting perspective too. He loves movies, but he's also coming it from a different cultural perspective. And so what might be some of the dialogues as we kind of unpack that? We're going to have that. Let's do that. Or, or we'll call, call out Simu Liu to get on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. I'm, you guys have gotten like just as popular people, so you can make it happen. We'll p- pull the Toronto card. We'll be like, hey, we're all in Toronto. Come on. <laughs> you know, I'd want to get Fitch to come on and talk about gender. I think that's definitely the next level in the LGBTQ plus conversation that we don't really dig into very deep or, or we don't, we're not resourced well. And I'm very interested to have a conversation with someone about that. And I think Fitch is doing a lot of work, but he won't finish his book. <clears throat> okay. But I just do what I want to say on the trans topic, we are behind in the church. The next wave, actually, some of the campus ministers are now talking about with college kids or university kids is polyamory. So we're behind. I'm sure that could be a huge series unto itself. <laughs> I think we, one of the things that we have been putting a bit on the back burner too, and this was kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, was to hear more diverse Asian voices. I think it's been great to hear a lot of voices from the Chinese Canadian side of things, but I think we need to continue to hear more voices from the many different Asian cultures as well. I think our actually our women in leadership series had a good number of diverse from different Asian backgrounds, which was really great. And so we want to continue to build that into the new year into in terms of different topics as well. I think we also had talked a little bit about the hopes of getting James Robertson to come in to talk about the history of the Canadian church, because I think he's releasing a book in the new year on it. We've danced around what is Canada, what is the Canadian identity, but having some kind of historical framework for the Canadian church, I think is helpful, you know, to even continue to unpack like, well, what has shaped our Canadian Christian imagination through historical lenses. Oh, with that though, we should get like Joyce Chan. And then I'm thinking Dr. Krauss to come and, you know, share about some of his findings from the diaspora churches. He's working on some of that right now. I hope all these people are actually listening to this episode and we're just like flat out just calling them out. <laughs> I doubt it. But I don't it's think all they're good. <laughs> you know, they might be because we might be data for them, you know? Yes. <laughs> Well, oh, that's great. They're just we're data collection. 
No, lots to look forward to. I think we've been talking about some of these ideas for a while, so it'd be great to get a move on some of these topics. And I think you'll probably hear some more conversations just between the four of us as well, because it's something that we've been looking forward to do is just dialogue with the four of us about what we've been learning and as we're continuing to wrestle through. So look forward to more guests, looking forward to more conversations between the four of us. And yeah, cheer us on as we're heading toward episode 100. Whoever knew that when we started this off over five years ago that we'd get to this point. It's been pretty crazy. It's been a great journey. And so with that, we're going to end off today's episode, end off our year. We're recording this a few days before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to all of you as our listeners and a Happy New Year. We'll see what God has in store for us as we head into the new year and as we continue this conversation. And thank you to all of you for being our listeners over this past year. It has been quite the ride. And we hope that you are all doing well. Let us know what some of your favorite episodes were over the course of 2021. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what it means for you to continue to follow Christ and be His church in your context. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on. That helps us to get this conversation out there and invite more people to be a part of it. You can always reach us by Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or by email. Our email is contact.campodcast at gmail.com. That's contact.campodcast at gmail.com. Send us a quick message, and we'd love to know how you're continuing to think through these topics. Once again, on behalf of Xenia, Bernard, Shu, and myself, Merry Christmas to all of you. Have a great, happy new year, and we hope that you'll continue to be on this journey with us. See you next time.